Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives differently and explore topics relevant to all areas of their life. Today on Reframe Your Life, we are talking about confidence. This topic is especially relevant to women who often report that they feel like imposters or insecure in stretching or new situations. I'm Sandy Reynolds, and I'm here with my co-host, Joanne Gibson. Joanne, as always, it's great to be recording with you. And as always, I have a question, actually two today to start (laughs) us off. On a scale of one to 10, where would you rate yourself overall in confidence? And is there any area specifically you could use a confidence boost? Hi, guys. How would I rate myself overall in confidence? That's really hard because it depends what I'm doing. If I'm teaching um, stuff I know, of course, I'm super confident about it. If I'm learning a new area, I'm less confident. So if I had to rate myself on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably go... Like about three quarters, around the seven mark, because I think as I've gotten older, whereas my lack of confidence when I was younger may have prevented me saying yes to something, now I am more confident that if I don't know it now, I can learn it, I can practice it and develop my confidence. Um, And is there any area specifically I could use a confidence boost? You know what? First, you've got to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate yourself in overall confidence? You know, overall, I would say an 8 or a 9. I think I'm fairly confident. And and like you, I think the confidence comes from knowing my weaknesses and my strengths. So I don't feel insecure like I did at one point in my life. There's definitely areas that I might not feel as confident in, but overall, I I don't find myself really fearful or feeling insecure. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say an eight or maybe even a nine. Yeah. I don't know. Awesome. Yay, That's menopause. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Own it. Yes. <laughs> so is there an area specifically I could use a confidence boost? Yeah, there is. I think I um, I still underestimate... Like what I do know, still underestimate, I think, the, the skill set and the knowledge and the ability I have, especially when I'm with people who, I will say it, who are older than me or appear older than me or appear in positions that are what I would um, rate as... Um, you know, highly technical or specialized or something. That's where my negative self-talk can come in. You know, you're young. What do you know? You're a female. What do you know? You know, especially if I'm surrounded by by men. But that's my issue. It's not theirs. And normally where I get my confidence boost in that situation is as I'm having dialogue and realize, oh, they may be a leader of a team but don't understand the basic foundations of what makes a team work well, right? And mm-hmm. it kind of gives me that, you do know your stuff, Joanne. Like, just because people are in certain positions and have power or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just because people are a certain age, it doesn't matter. I always feel like 
people know this stuff and it's it's when I shouldn't be because I've got I went to school and worked darn hard to learn this stuff valuing and recognizing that um, I do have the knowledge um, and that I'm good at helping people so how about you with that question so a specific area I could use a confidence boost. So I've mentioned before that I'm working on shifting my business focus to a more female market and even some of the things that I'm delivering. So instead of doing certain kinds of training, I, I want to shift that a little bit. And I find that I was really confident in what I did before and I it would be easy to go back to it. And I have to work a little bit harder to feel confident in what I'm doing now. And where I see the confidence issue in my life is procrastinating. Mm. So I recognize when I'm procrastinating, often it's because I'm not completely confident in what I'm doing and I, I'm stretching myself. So I put it off because it's not as comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to be in that place of discomfort, isn't it? It's it is, yeah. Um, even though we know it's where we grow, and we do a whole, we've talked about that before. So, um, yeah. So it's awesome. So today, it's all about what we think are the five ways to increase your confidence. I think this program is as much for us as it is for our listeners, and. I just want to encourage people when you're listening, think about a specific area in your life that you could use a little confidence boost in or a big confidence boost in and pay attention to these five ways that Joanne and I have, have discovered increase our confidence. So first one, personal values, of course. And that's really about knowing your values and ensuring that you're in alignment with your values. When we know our values, we can base our decisions on them. When we're not in alignment with our values, that's where guilt, shame, um, and questioning ourselves, which can lead to that lack of confidence, comes in. Mm -hmm. I agree. So when I'm not in alignment with my values, I start to feel my confidence take a dip because I'm 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 heading into something that I either don't really want to be doing or I'm making choices that I know are taking me away from who I really am. So knowing and living your values and having strong personal values that you use as a guide in decision making is really essential in being confident. And you see people where they just say, you know, I was talking to someone and I said, hey, do you want to get together to to talk about something? It was somebody I'm on a board with. And he's like, well, I block off my time and I can meet you on Thursday afternoons because that's the time in my schedule that I keep open for appointments. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time I have uh, set I set my week so that I can get things done that I need to do. And I thought, that's just great. Like, he knows his values. Mm. He knows what's important. Mm. He knows how to how to live from that place where he's being real and authentic. Yeah, true to himself. I love that illustration because he's also using his values as a little bit of boundary as well, which is really important. But our values can change over time, Sandy. So... I think it's important that people do recheck and revisit their values, especially if 
they're going through some transitions or different things are happening in their lives. So how do you suggest people determine their values? So I think paying attention to how you actually live your life, not to your spouse values, but to the ones you actually use. So you can do that by looking at your calendar, looking at the choices you're making, look at how you spend your money, look at who you're spending your time with, and those things will tell you what's really important to you. However, I think you can change your values intentionally as well. So you may look at your your schedule and say, you know, if I look at this, I can see that I value having fun more than I value making money, but I need to value making money more. And then I think there's an opportunity to explore that a little bit. What's holding you back? What are your issues around money and all those kinds of things, right? Like I think that you have your values, but you can also have the values that you want to have in your life and work towards them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. The other strategy is, you know, there's so many um, words, like lists of mm-hmm. values online. And just circle the ones that resonate. Circle the ones that resonate. That is when you can get hooked on espoused values, which is values you would like to have, but you're actually not living your life to. But if they really are that important, then that's when you need to start changing and adapting your life if you're going to make them So with those lists, I love those lists too. In fact, I'm thinking of revisiting my personal values. I feel like it's time to do that. I've changed a lot in the last few years and I want to go through a values exercise myself. I fall into the shoulds with those lists. Like, oh, I should value community. Oh, I should value this. Well, it's hard because if you choose one thing and you're excluding another thing, you're making a decision to exclude another thing. That's why it's not just about the list. Then it's about... Okay, say you have 10. We, it's very hard to have 10, but really then look, I think then it's a combination, looking back at your life and going, okay, do these show up in your life already? And if so, how? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then that's where a significant change is going to be, if, they are, if that is a value that you choose. Yes. So I was working with a guy and he uh, wanted to live a more honest life to show his children that you have to tell the truth mm-hmm. and be honest. We spoke about, well, what, what does that behavior look like in action? Which is a, a question you could ask yourself as you're looking at it, about what does this behavior look like in action? And uh, <laughs> said, yeah, okay, not, not to tell lies, tell the truth all the time. He says, I guess it means I can't download those illegal movies online um. anymore. I said, well, if that's, what you choose, if your children know that you're what you're watching these movies that you haven't paid for and you and you're trying to teach them honesty and telling the truth, then yeah, that that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a fun example that he's like, damn. So if I really want that, then that's what I have to do. Yeah. You know, one of the values that I talk a lot about is values around buying ethical clothing. Mm. But I get that value challenge so often when I go in a store and I see a great piece of clothing and it's a really good price and I look at the label and I see where it's made and then I think I also value saving money. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's part of the issue with values is we can have conflicting values 
And I heard once that character is formed in those moments. When you have two values in conflict and you have to choose one over the other, that that's a character moment. And so I'm not 100% successful in buying ethical clothing. And I definitely feel like I've made progress there. And I try to do it. It is a value for me. And it's, it's something I think when we talk about values, it doesn't mean you just have them and then it's easy peasy mm-hmm. to live them. You, you choose them and then you have the work to do mm-hmm. to really live by those values. Mm-hmm. And so where I think where we relate that back to confidence is confidence in your ability to make decisions and stuff in that moment. Mm-hmm. The guilt and shame that you may carry after. Relating values, I think, yeah, alignment with your values definitely helps you be more confident in who you, it, it, you're living authentically. It's, it's who I am. Yes. And I'm not making any apologies to anyone for who I, this is who I am. And that will help you be grounded in, in your confidence and your character. Right. And when you make those decisions that go against your values, it chips away at your confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. The shame comes in, the feelings of failure, the insecurity, and And that carries over into all areas of your life, that feeling of I'm not a confident person because you're chipping away constantly at your core by not living by your values. Yeah. So our next one is people, Sandy, and that's where we talk all about relationships. And when you and I were talking about this to develop this, uh, the content for this podcast, I think that's the first thing we actually said, isn't it? Like, how, how do you develop confidence? We all kind of went to people and the support of our relationships. Yes, relationships are really important in helping build confidence in our lives and having the right people around you. In fact, as we were developing this this episode, when we got to this section, we realized how significant this is. So next week, we're doing a whole episode on the three kinds of people you need in your life and the two kinds of people you don't need in your life. So we won't spend a ton of time on it. I just want to put that out there for for our listeners to know that this is an essential part of building confidence, having the right people around you, having people that that support you, that can guide you, that can be a sounding board for you and inspire you is really, really key in becoming a confident woman. Yeah, and I think, Sandy, I mean, the basis of this is trust. I'm not just people who are going to agree with you, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I know we're going to delve into it deeper, but... Uh, I work with a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs and, and they come to me and share their idea and they want validation from me. And so I don't validate ideas. I, I'm, 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 my job is to coach them. So I ask them lots of questions and they say, well, all my friends thought it was a good idea. And I say, well, do you think they're really going to tell you any different? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, so. Not if they're feelers. Yeah. <laughs> nothing really so it's it's not just having lots of people you know it's finding those people around you um who like you said are either a good coach or are your mentor or one who you will know will give an honest opinion 
And I know you'll do that and me. We do that for each other. Well, we did it yesterday when we were shopping. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm still getting over it. <laughs> I know my husband is one of those people. He will, he will tell me. Now, it, it's not to sway my mind of something, but he'll say, I don't necessarily agree with that strategy or I'm not thinking that's the best course of action for you, but hey, it's, it's up to you. And then you have a dialogue. So you don't just want the people who are just going to go, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You want them, but you also want other people who are going to help you think a little bit critically. Yeah, I love that. I think the idea of, I just, that story makes me laugh about students and my friend thinks it's a great idea. I mean, how, flashback to your teens and all the mistakes you made and how your friends were always like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll come with you. Yeah, Exactly. Jump off that building. That's a great idea. That actually does translate into our, our lives as we take on positions of power in an organization and that's a very dangerous thing because when you have people reporting to you they are going to go along with you because it's a career limiting move in a lot of people's mind to challenge their their manager or the person that they report to and so you can be sharing that's in when we're in uh doing leadership training, I often say that to managers, don't give your opinion till the end because the minute you put your opinion on the table, the people on your team are going to go, okay, Okay. that sounds good. So get their input first and then add yours to the mix later. That helps build their confidence. Like we're talking about strategies to build your confidence, but if you are working with people, enable them to bring their strategies and ideas forward too and that helps build their their confidence as well so yeah relationships is certainly uh, key and having uh, many different people around us is is definitely important and yeah stay tuned for next week because we're going to go delve into um, the different types of uh, relationships you want and people you want and and don't want around you yeah it's going to be great Okay, so we've had personal values, we have people, and the next thing is practice. The more you do something, the better you feel, the more confident you become in it. If you want to be a speaker, then you need to practice and take opportunities to speak wherever you can. And I was listening to someone recently who set that as a goal, and she wanted to become a public speaker who actually made a living at speaking. And she said for two years, she spoke at everything and anything she was asked to speak at. If it, it didn't matter what it was, it was a podcast, it was a community event, any opportunity she had to be on stage in front of people and speak because she knew that would give her the practice to help build her confidence and her skills. Practice builds competence. Competence builds confidence. And you have to practice. And as you were talking about that speaker one, there's many different opportunities to practice different skills. So I have to use my husband again um, as an (laughs) example. And he wasn't a confident presenter. And he has to do, um, you know, support the sales guys at meetings at work in front of clients and he wasn't very confident in doing that Um, but he also noticed he wasn't very so he went to so he went to Toastmasters 
which enabled him to practice both combinations. You get time to prep and deliver mm -hmm. a short presentation or story. But also I think they have a strategy where they give you a topic and you've got to be on your feet. But he often says now that was the best thing he did. And the more he practiced, the more competent he got at it and the more competent. When I'm doing presentations and you haven't done it for a while, the confidence is there maybe in terms of facilitation and you know how to kind of speak publicly, but there's a little bit more prep that has to go in on the topic or something like that. So what's something you had to actually deliberately practice? Well, way back in my childhood, I had a, a summer that I spent practicing writing because I was left-handed and I, you know, had trouble mastering writing without smudging my book because I'd always drag my hand across whatever I wrote and pens must have been crap in those days. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was always like getting marks taken off and, um, and different things because of my, and so I really wanted to have nice writing. Like that was important to me. I think I was like nine or 10. Mm. It was a really big deal to me. And I spent an entire summer every day practicing my penmanship like I had notebooks and I would just write and write and write and write and write until I perfected my penmanship until mm. you know even now people always comment on my writing and say you have beautiful handwriting and I think yeah it came out of a scar of a teacher <laughs> <laughs> but it was important to me and so that was one of my early lessons though in the need to really practice that you know sometimes you're not great at things naturally and you have to work and work harder to to succeed in something so um that's one that come, just came to mind right away I'm trying to think if there's a more current example one I often help my coaches work through Sandy is giving feedback uh. and often it's coming at a time where they're challenged with an employee and so the feedback isn't good feedback in hindsight it's better to practice giving feedback when it can be positive feedback and just get into a habit. The more feedback you give, the more confident you, you are at it um, and get into a habit of giving feedback. Um, when you're giving feedback that you know people aren't going to want to hear, it's horrible. It's horrible for both people. And I say that to them. Like You can say this is not a very nice comfortable situation for either of us mm -hmm. but it has to happen they have to practice it okay so I have one I feel like I've been practicing saying no to people this That's year right, you have and when you were talking about feedback I started that sort of triggered back something for me because that was some feedback that I had, had received and unless I really care really deeply about something I quite often will default or accommodate other people the problem was that in doing that, I wasn't getting the things done in my life that I needed to do. And I was spending a lot of time accommodating other people. And I realized that I needed to get better at saying no, which is a bit of a confidence thing as well. Mm. And so I think in January, and even this week, I have been saying no to things. So I had a client come this week and wanted me to do a a request for a proposal and I looked at the scope of the job and it was a lot more than I wanted to do it was just even the proposal was a lot of work 
And I had to make that values decision and say, if I do this job, I'm not going to have time to put into my business to do some of the business development that I'm trying to do right now. And I'm going to have to say no. So I think I've been practicing saying no. I've said no to a lot this year. So, and I'm getting more confident in it. I'm get, it's getting easier to say no to things. Mm, yeah. So number four, we have pay attention. So pay attention to internally what's going on and externally what's going on. Own what is going on and own that you can change it internally. So mm -hmm. pay attention to some of the negative thoughts that you may have, which can talk us out of our confidence. Because negativity and comparing ourselves to others mm -hmm. can really chip away at our confidence. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm not good enough. Look at them. Yeah, and not just paying attention to your internal dialogue, which I think is just fundamental. It's so important to do that. Pay attention, something I've learned is to pay attention to my external environment as well. And when I do that, that can help create confidence. And it's kind of a bizarre thing when you think about it, but if you go into your room, your office, or whatever space you have to work and to write, and, and you're like working on a, you know, at terrible desk and you you know have a crappy chair and everything's really cluttered it doesn't give you a successful feeling it doesn't give you that confident message so I I try to keep my office really clean and when I walk in there I want to feel good I don't want to feel drained by my surroundings so I think pay attention to the externals paying attention to even how you how you look when you go into a situation. If you walk into a room and you know that you've put in the effort to show up in whatever way that is for you, but you, you are walking in with your shoulders back and your head held high and you just take a deep breath and walk in confidently, those external things can really boost your confidence. Mm. And people see that. The internal and external for both of them, Sandy, language comes in here too. The language you're using. Right. Internally and externally talking to other people. I am a trainer, facilitator and coach. Be confident in that. Saying those words rather than, oh, I just work for myself. Just. Right. You know, the I word just, just. Yes. I'm work. just a facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, my friend, she says, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I say, no, you're not. You're an entrepreneur. Own it. And if you don't own it, no one else will. I think the language that we use internally yes. in our mind and externally. The internal and the exter external really impact my confidence and my feelings of well-being and how how I'm showing up in the world. So just for our listeners to think about that and pay attention to how you're feeling. If you're leaving a really, you know, a disaster of an office and you're getting into a filthy car in your crumpled clothing to go to an important event 
and you're struggling with your confidence, it could be that you need to pay a little attention to some of those external things mm -hmm. as well. Oh yeah, the office thing. It definitely. I I, I kind of go three month cycles where I need to have a big office cleanup. Um, so in this one as well, like the emotion that may be coming through when you're doing something for the first time. So remember, we've practiced. Mm -hmm. We've practiced, but when we practice, there's no emo like there's no emotion tied to it. We're literally just practicing our strategy or using practicing our tool. But when we're in the moment, so if I say I use the example of giving feedback, oh, yeah, I can practice with you giving feedback or I can practice with my husband. But when I'm with the person who's going to be impacted by the feedback, that's when I have to be aware of some of the challenges and the negative self-talk and the emotion that I might be holding, you know, how are they going to react, um, are they are they going to not like me anymore? Things like that. And I think really the only strategy there is is underneath the pay attention. Or I mean, what I do is I just really try and practice that self awareness. Really try and be aware of what's going on, my own thoughts, and take it back to the strategy and the action that I have to do. And you can't just do it without any emotion or without any empathy. Take it back to what you practiced. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's what like famous sports people do. They practice, practice, practice for four years, some of these Olympians. And like when they're on the line, they just can't get overrun with emotion of people and the media. And they just have to take it back to, okay, you got to run a 400. You know how to start. You do this, you normally accelerate quickly at the at the beginning, coast through the middle, finish at the end, like whatever. It's taking it back to those strategies that you know will get you across the line. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, be aware of both internal and external. Love it. Great. So last one is prepare. So if you want to be more confident in what you're doing, be prepared. So the difference here, you might think this sounds a little bit like practice as well, Joanne, but the difference between preparing and practicing is preparing is the, is the things you do before you practice, actually. We could have reordered these, um, but I think it works well here. When we prepare, it's all about getting the knowledge that we need, getting the information that we need, doing some research, getting the facts. So we're not listening to those voices in our heads, but we're prepared and we're going into a situation. So when, you, when you're going somewhere, you know how long it's going to take you to get there. You know who you're meeting with. You've done a little bit of reading on the company's website. So you're not showing up to a meeting, not with the name of the person you're meeting with, but you are prepared. When you walk into a situation and you've done and you've prepared, you feel more confident. I love that. Prepare. Expand your knowledge. Have that information. Yeah, I think it, it communicates a lot about who you are when when you prepare for things. I used to teach this onboarding course and it was always surprising to me first day on the job how unprepared people were. Yeah. And they, they would show up for onboarding late because they didn't realize how long it was going to take because it was their first day. And I was like, well, you could have, there's ways to find out how long it takes yeah. to get here. Yeah. You know, during rush hour. Yeah. And, or they, you know, people showing up without a pen or a pencil or a notebook or, 
and you can see how scattered they feel like and they don't project confidence they don't feel confident you don't feel confident in them when you're in a in a setting like that so preparation is really important in feeling confidence and sometimes just that alone can give you that boost that increase to to move you out of feeling really overwhelmed and stretched beyond your comfort zone to feeling really in control in a situation. Mm. I love it. I help people learn about networking, like strategies to network, and that's one of the things I say. It's, and, and networking in different environments. So uh, if they're going to a conference or something, I say, you know, if you can, get, get a hold of a list of the people or the vendors who are going to be there and do that research at the beginning. And don't try and meet every single person. Target the people you want to meet. Learn about their company. Go in with a reason for meet. Like, do you want to learn more about the way they hire people? Do you want to learn more about their product? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. So that you are prepared. Absolutely. Take um, a business card. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a, <laughs> a yeah. radical yeah. idea. Oh, let's not be on our phone all the time. How about that? <laughs> say that you know people used to go to conferences and network now they go to conferences they're at the workshop and as soon as the workshop finishes we all pull our phones out you know so true we don't network anymore so when we do our podcasts there are times there are episodes when we're really well prepared and there are episodes where we kind of run in and we're both like, what are, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> and we, we always have an episode plan that, yeah. we've, that we've prepared. But sometimes, I know I'll speak for myself, sometimes I've done more work in preparing. Yeah. And sometimes it's a crazy week and all I can do is show up and kind of wing it. And the weeks that I feel prepared... I feel way more confident and I feel a lot clearer in what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm sure it, it shows yeah. in some ways as well. So good. So I think, you know, five ways for our listeners and for ourselves to boost our confidence. We are brilliant. <laughs> and you notice the pattern here. We had personal values, people, all about your relationships. Yeah. Practice. Pay attention to both the internal and the external and prepare. Make sure you're prepared. Great. Thank you for listening to our episode on five ways to boost your confidence. As we said at the beginning, think about something in your life where you would really like to feel more confident and try these strategies and let us know on our Facebook group or Instagram or just send us an email and tell us how you've increased your confidence. Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.